Hello and welcome to Dvorak Horowitz Unplugged, an hour-long discussion of activity in the financial markets around the world featuring columnist John C. Dvorak and money manager Andrew Horowitz. This conversation is casual and unrehearsed. Let's join John and Andrew now. I'm John C. Dvorak. And I'm Andrew Horowitz. And here we are halfway through the month of August, uh, the 16th to 2022. And they're throwing every glitch that they can at us this evening. At oh, you. Yeah, at me. <laughs> well, how have you been? How was your weekend? How is your uh, how is your August progressing along? Uh, uneventful. Really? It's hot, though. We have a hot week here in California where it's going to be, well, where I am, it's going to be probably 75, oh. maybe 80, which is, oh, my God, oh. what are we going to do? 75 it's going to be 100 degrees over in Concord on the other side of the hill. And what what level of humidity are we, talk, are we talking about here? Uh, well, I have to look it up. It's not. It's actually more than usual because the dew point such that my car was soaked in the morning. Oh. It was like, it was just wet. So all I had to do is wipe it down and uh, it was fine. So right now it's 72 with the humidity of 56%. Oh. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. It's like 85 degrees here and 85% humidity or something like that. Oh, it's not good. It's too high. It's, it's awful. I mean, if it was 72 here and 85% humidity, it would be bad here too. But mm -hmm. 56 is nice. Is nice. Yeah. Well, let's see what's going on. We have ESG is finally getting a probe. There's some uh, investigations going in on what is actually happening with these ESG thing. And, and, and <laughs> finally, right? Finally. Yeah, right? it's so stupid. We have a big week for earnings this week in retail. Some retail sales coming out as well. We saw Walmart, Home Depot today. We're going to talk about what's going on with those earnings. And there was a lot of excitement over some of that for, I'm not sure the reason why. It just seems like everybody wants to be excited all of a sudden. And uh, Peloton is restructuring and changing prices once again. Mm. So that's kind of interesting. Can't keep Scrambling. this market down. Scrambling is the right word. Yeah, they're trying to figure out what to do to make sure that this thing doesn't go bankrupt. Because it's looking pretty bleak. I mean, most exercise equipment that I've owned, I've learned as I got older, that turns into simply a place to put hangers and clothing. <laughs> yeah, I put USB cables. Right. You just, you just, you're gonna. What, what, can I get on the bicycle? Well, there's a lot going on there right now, and uh, no, you can't. So, and then it, uh, you know, the, the craze was there. Everybody was looking to to lose weight, and you could only bicycle in the house, but. Once you're stuck in the house. Yeah, once you once you have the opportunity to get out of the house and bicycle around for those who are cyclers, it's much more pleasant to be outside. Yeah. So and we also get clipped by a car. Yeah, they also had a lot of bad press. Remember the whole thing where the toddler got their head stuck underneath the treadmill? <laughs> yeah. That was, that, was bad. Like, that was bad. Bad press looked yeah. like it was produced for the purposes of sinking the stock. Yeah. Well, the market also can't seem to stay down for very long, at least for a while. It was uh, up today. We we just nailed the 200-day moving average for the S&P 500, and then, boop, turned straight down. Everything just started cascading lower for about, I would say, about mm, 45 minutes or an hour. And then all of a sudden, towards the end of the day, everybody's like, wait, 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 wait. Tomorrow, everything's going to be up because, you know, we're back into a bull market again, so much for this inflation nonsense and the idea that earnings are going to start slowing. No, 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 no. This is all good. In fact, we even have some stimulus that's happening. Uh, Joe signed, 
a $450 billion inflation-fighting bill today. See that? Yeah, another inflation-fighting bill. This would be the death of him. And one of the provisions in there, a small provision, but but part of all this is all, you know, climate change and all the clean energy and go green is to provide a $7,500 uh, credit for purchasing of an EV, right? Yeah. And what does Ford do? It raises the prices of their F1 electric, I believe it's the F1 electric, to uh, they raise it $8,500. It's the F-150 electric, I think. Yeah, they raised the price 8500 Wow. Yeah. That's well, not, that's, well, they brought it out at a ridiculously low price to begin with, and I thought maybe the low price, I thought they were misguided, but, uh, huh. So I put this on, on Twitter, and I'm thinking, you know, this is kind of dumb, uh, but people are like, oh, those greedy bastards, those guys at Ford, they get all of a sudden a real benefit from the government for people that are going to be able to save money on this. And Ford raises their prices. I'm thinking, brilliant job, Ford. Good for you. They didn't put in any kind of parameters as to no ability for a car company to raise their prices. No ability to uh, get the credit if the price of the car is above a certain amount. So the government, once again, is giving away free money with no strings attached. And somebody's got a benefit. And Ford said, you know, eh, we'll benefit. We're the ones yeah. making it, taking the risk. It's capitalism yeah. at the best. Any argument? No, I think it was a smart move. And people like that, those greedy Ford guys. I mean, and I'm thinking, no, it was a stupid design of a bill to give away more money for no reason. It'd be it'd be uh, um, a mistake not to do it. Exactly, it would. It, the yeah. shareholders would revolt. I would. Mm -hmm. I would be at the shareholders meeting, shaking my fist. Yep. All right. The market. Uh, the Fed continues to press for higher rates on a regular basis. The market is saying, "No way, you're not going to do it." We are saying it's not possible. Rates have been coming down until yesterday. They started to tick up a little bit. Two point eight five or so on the ten year. Still much lower than you would expect it to be, considering the the constant parade of Fed speakers saying that we're going to keep on raising rates no matter what. Seems a little bit ridiculous at this point, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems like it, but again, the market seems to be happy. Hello? Are you I, there? Went, I went out for a second there. Went out just for a moment. Did. Uh, but yeah, the market seemed to be happy with everything that's going on. And you have to wonder, uh, you know, why there is this uh, two-sided discussion where valuations are seemingly overdone once again. And we're looking at uh, something like an 18 and a half or 19 PE. But we have to look at the cape uh, that's for the Yeah, for the standard pores. Yeah. But the, a lot of the small caps are still look pretty decent. 13, 14 on the small cap side. Yeah. China issued a surprise rate cut yesterday, or today is, yeah, Monday overnight, 10 basis points. But uh, they saw their economy get pretty beat up with all that's going on from their COVID zero policy, which, again, I'm going to state I don't understand it. I just don't. I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand the wisdom of what they're doing. I think there's, they know something we don't know. Oh. And, and I don't want to oh. get sound like a, like a conspiracy nut, but if you remember when the COVID first broke out, 
uh, two years ago, there was a lot of talk about it being a genetic engineered uh, virus that was that targeted ethnic groups mm -hmm. and the Han Chinese were the target. And, uh, and they do have a population problem anyway. And so I think that, I think there may be still some suspicions that this, uh, this, this, not the vaccine, I'm sorry, but the virus is, um, is not good to, it's just not a good virus for the Chinese population. Specifically for them? In other yeah, words, that's what I, that's what I'm suggesting. Oh, so it's it's bad mojo for the Chinese. That's only just the only rationale I can think of where they're doing this. Interesting. Well, I mean, I think that that when we look at what is going on in terms of the world and how most other countries have been just saying the hell with it at this point. I mean, the, in the United States, the CDC put out that uh, discussion. If you want to hear more about COVID and the absurdity of some of the things that are going on. Of course, you have to listen to No Agenda, Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak on Thursdays and on Sundays. Hey, do you ever promote our show on No Agenda? Yeah, we talk about the show quite a bit. Oh, good. Just checking. I don't do a promotion like you just did, though. Two o'clock in the afternoon. But Eastern Adam's time. got three other podcasts and he doesn't do it either. Right. He's got the one now with uh, Mofax and he's got the one where he's drinking wine with his darling. Yeah. And what's the other one? He's got one about podcasting 2.0. Oh, yes, that's right. Podcasting 2.0. That and that one actually goes on forever. Oh, it does? It's one of the longer podcasts, yeah. Uh, longer than the three hours that you have at No Agenda? No, it's not longer than three hours, but it gets up there. Gets up there. Wow. To me, an hour and a half is a long podcast. Long time. I got, we, we cut off exactly at an hour every time on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, we, we, we cut it to an hour, and I think that's fine. And that, but an hour is still a long podcast, considering what they were talking about in the olden days of podcasting, when they said, oh, it should be episodic 10 minute, uh, you know, 10 minutes, and then people will be addicted to it because you're going to give them 10 minutes of good material every day, and it never worked out. If people, it turns out, they're driving around, they're doing something. They either have time or they don't have time, for an hour, two hours, three hours. Hmm. If they don't have time for an hour, two hours, or three hours, they don't have time. It's just the way it is. But a lot of people do. Yeah. Uh, hopefully this live stream is working. Is it? It seems that there's in and out. I don't know what's going on with that either. Hopefully uh, from the chat room, if you can hear us, make sure to chat back with the, that we just reconnected live stream. I'm guessing your uh, your um, internet provider is at fault. I don't know. We see the stream is live. It's going now. I reconnected it. I don't know. Oh, now they hear us. They hear us now. Okay. Uh, DHM Plug is on the live stream. If you want to go over to dhmplug.com and uh, join the chat room, you can do that for all the people on the No Agenda stream. All right. Uh, big question. Big question. Bear market bounce or new rally? Are the lows in? That's kind of what everybody's asking. What do you think? I I, I don't know what's going on but from this perspective. From the perspective, is this a new bear market? A lot of people are saying, yeah, we might be. This might be the beginning of a new bear market. I'm sorry, a new bull market. I've got that I, wrong. I just They're talking about it. it being a bull market. I don't see the rationale on how we can proclaim a new bull market, considering the fact that the Fed, when we were supposed to not fight the Fed, right? When, 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 the, when the Fed is um, going to continually extract liquidity through higher rates and quantitative tightening, I don't understand the basis of it. I, it doesn't make any sense if the entire world is reversing what we saw over the last two years, last four years, last 10 years. How are we going into another bull market? Does that make any sense? No, but that's what they're talking about on CNBC, among other uh, outfits. 
I mean, CNBC, you got to stop watching them. I mean, because they're they're now in a new bull market, but yet they were all all in on the 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 sky is falling two months ago, <laughs> right? Yeah. The question is, you know, where are we and what is driving things? And we got some examples of some of the stocks that are moving once again, the meme stocks and some other names that are just out of control. We have gamma squeezes that are going on where you're taking a stock that is thinly traded and then you buy significantly out of the money call options in a big manner, causing the issuer of the option to make sure that they don't get squeezed and forces them to buy stock at any price. Yeah. I've always thought that was a cool strategy. Great strategy. And when it's done with some of these characters like Ryan Cohn, um, who is uh, at GameStop, right? He, he's, you know, the Chewy guy. He uh, bought huge amount of out-of-the-money calls, way out-of-the-money calls in 2023 due uh, of Bed Bath & Beyond. And that stock went <laughs> off classic. like a rocket ship today. Yeah, it went way up. So, we missed that one. Yeah, well, you know, the question is, is it shortable? I tried to get a short on it at 28 today. I think it was 28. Yeah. There was no shorts available on any of my so platforms. Is that, is that because it's been, is that because everyone has tried, been trying to short it? So all the borrowed stock is out there already. So, so all the, one of the few things, all the borrowed stock is out there. All my platforms, uh, Schwab, Interactive Broker said, you know, we're not letting you have it. <laughs> Sorry, but you cannot have it. Because they don't they want to had it, but they wouldn't sell it. It's possible. They don't want the risk. What's the risk to them? The risk to them is what happened, for example, with GameStop. All these people lost their shirts. Their accounts went belly up negative. Oh, so they went they out. They, so they took the, <laughs> the brokers with them. They said, screw you. I'm not paying that, the money I owe. I'm going not, I'm going bankrupt. I'm got, not going bankrupt. Just close my account. Come on and try to get it from me. And most of the time, the brokerage houses don't. It's pretty hard. Oh, to really? Get. I didn't know this. Yeah. So... Huh. Yeah, so what you should do is open up a brokerage account with, let's call it $10,000, just leverage the shit out of it. And then if it doesn't work out, walk. then walk, <laughs> right? There you go. Wow. Yeah. Well, there's a strategy I never considered. Yeah, neither did I until just now. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Um, so the source- Hey, whatever works, it's all, it's yeah. all in the world of investing. Yep. Oil is back down again. This is all because of China. The, the, the idea that closing down, locking down, their economy is just in the toilet right now. Numbers came out over the, over the weekend, showed really bad uh, numbers that came out, really bad numbers. And those numbers were so bad that they're like, wait, this isn't a contraction. The housing market is contracting off 28% from a year ago. We're seeing manufacturing come in dramatically. I don't think a lot of this necessarily is a surprise, but it is all this is happening. And now we're seeing dire warnings in the face of these squeezes. Like this is the last hurrah. When you get the re the retail in there forcing this, boy, we have warnings and flashing signs and, you know, danger, danger, danger is going on. So these dire warnings are now being promoted. Now, one of them is coming up this week on the TDI, the Discipline Investor Podcast. A gentleman named Peter Schiff will be on the show. He's oh, your old buddy, Peter. I haven't had him on in- The gold bug. The, the total gold bug. You have a good memory. Uh, I, I don't know when the last time he was on. His big call, he says- Gold. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you know? Wow. He says, uh, he doesn't think the Fed can beat the current inflationary pressures America is dealing with today. Not only 
Can't the Fed win a fight against inflation without causing recession? It can't do so without causing a far worse financial crisis than the one we had in 2008. Mm. And he said, worse still, a war against inflation can't be won if there are any bailouts or stimulus to ease the pain. So now we've got another $450 billion being pushed in the economy over how many years forward, right? So... Uh, well, there's a, there's a minor bit of logic there. There's some illogic, I would say. Yeah. Uh, and is that 2008, 2009, whatever the, right, the time frame was, was really dependent on the uh, over leveraged houses that uh, had a lot to do with it, and the mortgage backed uh, securities, and some of the other craziness that went on during that period. Which is the model for that is slightly different. It's different, but household debt as a percent of of, of uh, spendable income is increased dramatically as high as it was then. Now, you could say, well, but housing prices have gone up dramatically over the years, and that's good. Therefore, even if houses drop back, people still have a big cushion, unless those people bought in the last two years, or last year. Because yeah, they- well, that's because they won't have any uh, increase in their valuation of the houses. Right. But the houses aren't dropping back in price because there's still a de- pent-up demand. Yes. And yeah. there's not as many of these bad, you know, these dubious, uh, whatever they're called, loans that they gave everybody walked into the place. And so That's they simple. had to walk, walk, they had to go, they, they had to walk for their mortgages. There's yeah, not the so much of that. The subprimes or the zero down. Yeah, the subprimes, the yeah. subprimes, there's none of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's different. I think there was, I think that this, real estate market will level off and go flat for a while, but it's not going to do what it did in 2008, 2009, which was actually retreat. Well, people also leveraged and borrowed and took cash out. Like it was a piggy bank from their houses. Oh, we've, we've been, I've been doing that for probably uh, 40 years. Right. But, but what happens is that the difference is that back then housing prices dramatically went higher and they levered, the, they allowed them to get way up to the top. People lost their jobs. Now all of a sudden houses dropped 25, 30%. They're underwater and all of a sudden everybody's in a panic. If you have a house for a number of years right now, if your house drops back 20%, I would yes, dare it say it doesn't matter. Well, considering the fact that I bought my first house, uh, for twenty-two thousand wow. dollars in the San Francisco nice. Bay Area, uh, it didn't take much to uh, be able to use it as a piggy bank. Have you looked ever at that house and what the value is today? Yeah, what is it? Million. Oh, that's rough. That hurts. <laughs> that hurts. You look back and you're like, what would it have taken just to hold on to it, right? Well, yeah, but those are the kind. It's like the it's like the holding on to the Bitcoin you bought at twenty five cents. Mm-hmm. I don't know of a person in the right mind that wouldn't have sold it at four hundred dollars a coin. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, if you kept it, you know, nobody does those sorts of things. And you know, I moved into a, a more leveraged place and makes you know it's fine. I'm not. It's like somebody always says your best investment is advice is to never complain about making a profit. Right. Right. Uh, and finally, before we get into some of the really interesting things this evening, there was something I'm going to tease. Uh, Elon Musk comes out with a tweet that he's buying a company at 8.01 p.m. this evening. <laughs> 8.01. There's importance, yeah. it's importance why that is. I wonder what the one is. Well, I'll uh, tell you. I'll tell you in a second what that is. It's very interesting. All right. So 
There's a, there's a chart called the CAPE ratio. I'm going to copy this and put it into the stream. Control V there. Uh, I think that will do it. Let's see. So, did I do it? Maybe not. That's because it's not working. Uh, let's copy the link here. Copy the, copy the, copy the image link. There we go. All right. So this is the S&P 500 CAPE ratio. The cystically, the, <laughs> the cystic, the cyclically adjusted price to earnings ratio, the CAPE, which is made famous by Robert Schiller, the famous Robert Schiller, who wrote the book Irrational Exuberance, which, by the way, is a must read, I think, for anybody. It's a great read. Uh, back looking back to, uh, to the 2000s. But one of the things this looks at is a 10-year average of the cyclically adjusted price-to-earnings ratio. And you'll notice we had some very significant peaks in there, one of them being in 2020-21. And what's really fascinating is oftentimes we see is when this gets so out of whack, especially from its 10-year average, it comes down. Now, the long-term average is about 22, give or take. That green line that you're seeing there, John? See that? Yep, in the middle. But look at that. Our new adjustment after the markets came down and where earnings are, because earnings came up so dramatically, is right on, spot on the 10-year average right now. Yeah, exactly. So some people will make a case that, hey, you know what? Markets are not overvalued at this point. Give or take, you know, a couple, couple of percent. It would be there, the, right? your, your bull market enthusiasts. Yes. Your bull, now, the, the bear market enthusiasts will say, but look, this has come down it's, before. It's it bounced, headed, and it's headed down. It has to be headed down to make up for all that time from 2000 and let's see what that was, 2012 onward. In other words, we have to absorb that excess yeah. and take it down to the bottom to have a reversion to the mean. And on top of that, the 10-year average is dri is driving up. And anytime we've seen that 10-year average drive up as it has, usually, if you notice, the cape is below. Right? So we see that line when it's on a slope up. Uh, yeah, it well, well, up. once it's, once it's once beyond it the, right. the average. Right. When it's below the average, just the opposite is true. Correct. So it, there's some discussion that maybe... There's two ways, to, any of these charts, there's two ways to read them, right? There's yeah, always... any of these charts are great. In hindsight, you can explain everything away, but you can't predict what's going to happen Correct. next. That, that is a great lesson, seriously. It's all like if I look at this and I try to backtest and then create a strategy based on, somehow moving forward, it never works. <laughs> never works, never works. ever. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I've done I know, a lot it's of actually funny the way it doesn't work. I've had, I've no had, matter what you, you pick, it's not going to work. I've had, and I can do this because I have systems that will, will handle this. I've had so many different ideas that were just plain as can be right in front of you on a chart. For example, yeah. every time, uh, I'm just taking a number. Every time we get to the bottom edge of a Bollinger Band, which is two standard deviations away from an average, let's call it a 20-day average, it's a buy and on the top, it's a sell. And you look and you can, if, if you were to print the chart over 20 years, you'd put dots on all the spots. Wow, yeah, look at that, look at that, oh, look at that, look at that. Yeah, it happens yeah, over and over yeah. again. You put that into play, moving forward, just to track for the next three months or whatever, it's like, fail. That didn't work so well. How's that? 
It's always a fail. How is now the time that it, that it stops working at this moment? It's almost like there's like it's like an element of physics. You know, there's a couple of laws that you that when the particles observed, its oh. behavior changes. Oh, good point. And so you now that you've got the chart, you got everything, you got it all figured out, but you've observed it. You put something the behavior because changes. you've added something to the the equation that maybe yeah. um, not you and a million other people have right. observed something. Right. So they it just ruins it. Yeah. And there's no way of just doing it on your own because you can't. It's just it's just a nightmare. Yep. So we have a squeeze going Facebook, on. Facebook, that's what I say. Ah, we have a squeeze going on. Here we go again. <laughs> Low quality, high short interest stocks are getting the love once again. Bed, bath, and beyond. Up 200% the past couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, but that's just a bullshit thing. Of course. That's from from these, what is that called? Spelunkers or what's the name of Stonks or what is Stonks. this thing called? Stonks. Stonks. 65% up today at the height. Party City was up 27% today. FUBU TV Blue Apron, my size, thread up, cruise lines. Cruise lines were up uh, the last couple of days after secondary offerings from, I believe it was Royal Caribbean. GameStop yeah, was I, 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 I saw, well, the GameStop thing's another phony, but I, I, I saw the cruise stock, uh, line things, it, stocks, and there seems to be some rationale for that that makes sense. Well, Carnival Cruise Lines came out with a comment today that they said that their bookings are up over 200% from this time last year. Which yeah, big deal. Last right. year, nobody was doing anything. <laughs> right, nobody was doing. Nobody was going Should on. Be cruises. a thousand percent. Yeah, uh, maybe it, I think probably there's a correlation between the price of fuel and cruise lines. There's no question about that. At least that's the perception, because cruise lines could be hedging their fuel costs. So well, I would hope so. I would hope so too. But now that we're seeing the rundown, I think uh, was crude at eighty-seven or eighty-eight today. You know, so that breakdown occurred. I talked about below 93. I it got down to 86. Maybe. Let's see where. Let, let's take a look at Gander. I have my little handy-dandy app right here that will give me pricing. Crude oil, 86.72 to be exact. Yeah. Mm. Bitcoin. It's a pretty 24. substantial drop. Very substantial drop. So, uh, especially with none of the fact patterns changing too much except for the fact that people aren't as upset as they were. So in the markets, no, we have they a, blame, a lot of people are blaming China on this, on this drop. Well, China is to blame due to the fact that uh, their, their, their overall economy is in the toilet. Yeah. And the demand for oil, I guess is down. Yeah. They're still using coal. They are, and they will continue to do so. The, the coal trains go by my house down at the bottom of the hill, and they're all going to China. The trains are going to China. How is that? Not the trains, the coal. The coal. Oh, the coal, coal will be offloaded onto a tanker ship, onto a ship. Onto a coal Cargo carrier, ship, yeah. yeah. Interesting. And, and they're all going and, to and China. It can, and it's not like every day, but I'm told, somebody explained it to me because they follow the way this works. Because these 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 coal containers were, were building up on the, on the siding out there and it builds up for a while. And it usually is box cars. They used to be able to tell the economy was doing by the box cars, but now it's been coal cars. And so what happens is a whole bunch of them come out of the mines and I guess Wyoming, Montana, not sure where, and they come down here and they get dumped and they sold, they sell, we sell our coal to China instead of using it. 
And then they uh, put the cars on the siding, waiting to, for them to accumulate a certain amount of cars. And then about once every week and a half, you can hear the things hook up to the to pull these cars out of there. It makes a racket. Hmm. These cars, if anything's a beat up piece of crap, it's a coal carrier hmm. because of they're just rattle traps because of the what they do. They just dump coal in them, and um, so they're all dinged up. They're just kind of a mess. And so then then they're gone. There's like right now, there's not one car there. They're all gone to go pick up more coal for China. Oh, but the good news is that we're burning less here. So therefore, the climate change and heat wave that will accompany the use of dirty coal will not happen in the United States. No, it'll happen in China, China which yeah. should send all the dirty air to us here on the West Coast. So that's great. In <laughs> uh, the markets, we have a lot of overbought readings right now. We have multi-month highs. Valuations are a question. Um, and I don't know what the great spirit that is moving things right now and why so bullish all of a sudden. But I do think it has to do with... This idea, again, of fighting the Fed and the idea that we got stimulus. And I think that is a switch that turns on for a lot of people that saw this happen last time where the government started spending and the Fed was reducing at the time. But even if the Fed doesn't do anything further, but the more the government spends, the more the Fed knows at this point that they have to come in and be a little tougher than they were. There's no question about that. So... I think this is all going to backfire a little bit on them in terms of the idea that is the, the, the calculus that they have of, of this all juicing the economy um, is ass backwards because the more it juices, the more the markets go up, the more the Fed's going to get pissed off. Uh, yeah, I agree. And the thing is, I still think that the market deserves to go under 30,000 and stay there for a while or maybe drop further. And it hasn't done that. No, it doesn't. It hasn't stayed there for, for a while. This, now I mean, it makes only no sense 6%. to me that the market has not fallen below below 30,000 in this little respite that we've experienced. Especially after the pull forward that we had over the last two years. On top of that, how, how, yeah. how incredibly well it's done. It's overdue. Overdue. Elon, here's the news. 8.01 p.m. After hours, after the after hours market closes, stocks can't be traded for the most part. Uh, after 8 o'clock p.m. in the United States. So you got the 4 o'clock close and then the 8 o'clock close. 4 o'clock is regular hours, 9.30 to 4, uh, whatever it is. Officially 8 o'clock a.m., but you could actually trade some things earlier, a lot of things earlier. But let's call it, just for the discussion here, 8 a.m. to 9.30 is pre-market. Post-market after hours is 4 p.m. through 8 p.m. We got that? Yeah, so 801 would be a minute after. Minute after. He says, he says something about uh, he likes the left of the right and he likes the right of the left. And he says in the next follow up tweet at 801, also, quote, also, I'm buying Manchester United. You're welcome. So is he serious? Well, he, he took, like, I think in the last month, he just. Scarf seven billion dollars straight out of his uh, Tesla holdings. Mm -hmm. It was listed on the insider trading list. Uh, and I think it was seven billion. It could have been more, but it was it was a substantial amount of money. So I, you know, he didn't have any real reason to do it. So maybe it was so he could buy a football team. Well, the other reason was, team. maybe the other reason was also he could buy Twitter. But 
it would seem to be. Yeah, but I think the Twitter thing is not going to be his money. I don't think he wants to put his money on Twitter. He's yeah, going to do a lot of uh, of, of borrowing. But on these that one. these guys who buy these sports teams, they use their own money. So or, unless they put together a team of people, but generally he could buy us. He could buy Manchester United, no problem. What's interesting about Manchester United uh, and this tweet at eight oh one p.m. is that Manchester United is a publicly traded stock. M A N U is the symbol. Closed at $12.78 today. The market cap of this is only $2 billion. So pocket yeah. change for him, right? Pocket, pocket yeah. change. Pocket change. Yeah, uh, you're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. So that would seem to be once again out of the ordinary for a high-profile billionaire to make that. It, listen, if I wrote, I'm buying Manchester United, uh, that, that just goes, this flies through Twitter, right? So it's probably not even get a, a one like. But when Elon says it, and when you look at the news that followed up, that no one could really understand where this is coming from, and it's not an official doc, uh, 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 an official announcement, and there hasn't been, from what anybody can see at this point, as of right now, any no offering, yeah, any uh, paperwork done, any SEC filings. Yeah. How does that work? Bump? I said, it looks like a pump and dump. I mean, if he comes out and says, no, I was kidding around, you know, because I just want to, you know, I thought it'd be cool. I mean, doesn't he get another slap on the wrist for that kind of thing? Well, I think not if he was, te- I think there's some rules about test marketing that he uh, might be able to get away with it. Uh, test marketing of on a buyout of a publicly traded company without proper disclosure? And even if it is just kidding around, I think it's, I think there's some, I think, I don't know. I don't know. I do know there are test marketing concepts you can do. You can announce certain things, but it's usually within a company's structure. It's not as an individual investor. I don't know. Let's see what the news says. He can afford it. Yeah. He should just buy Manchester United. What difference does it make? He claims this is from Fox business. Elon Musk claims he's buying Manchester United. Elon Musk is buying. Tesla CEO says he's buying it. He's buying it. Buying it. So it's, it's the same story over and over again. Well, somebody needs to buy it. Yep. Hmm. Terrible. All right. What else we got? Earnings. Home Depot. Out. Beats significantly lowered expectations and a lowered bar. Earnings were 8% growth over year-over-year basis. Revenue up 6.5%. Now, that setup is interesting. Where you have revenue is up 6.5%, but your earnings are up 8 meaning they did better with the less money that they got in. Now, one of the things that's happening is higher product prices were driving the spending per transaction up more than 9%, uh, even as customer transaction stores dropped 3%. And this is the highest record uh, quarterly sales and earnings for the company ever, which is unbelievable that the stock is in such crap mode, if you look at the chart on it, compared to the fact that it's at its highest quarterly sales and earnings. Yeah. Pretty pretty unbelievable. How do you account for that? People are trying to look outward into what potentially what would be going on due to the fact that we're seeing such a terrible sentiment amongst builders. We're seeing that cancellation rates are the highest they've been in years we're seeing that prices are dropping and housing sales are slowing. New projects are slowing. So I, I don't know. But then again, you can make the argument. You can make the argument. Tell me if I'm wrong about this. Can't you make the argument 
that if, in fact, people are no longer looking to buy a new house or maybe even move at all because the price they can't get or they can't afford it, the next best thing is to spruce up your own house. Yeah, but that would kind of be, uh, that would be giving the nod to Lowe's, which is considered the DIY purchase. It's the compared to Home Depot. I would agree. So Lowe's came out also and their stock was up as well. But again, this is after a, a pretty significant- I will say, by the way, I will say, because you know Home Depot is supposed to be the, I heard the discussion about this earlier, uh, it's supposed to be the pros place. I don't really have a Lowe's around here. I do all my shopping for this sort of thing at Home Depot. And I think a lot of people do. So it's kind of in between. It's not, it's, it's not like a non-DYI place, that's for sure. I have both relatively close to me and I prefer Home Depot. Well, I like Lowe's for getting certain barbecue equipment. Oh, and you would not do that on the internet? Just have it shipped to you? No, it's just a pain in the ass to get a barbecue shipped to you. Oh, a whole barbecue. Yeah, I had one. Uh, the Traeger was shipped to me. My other one, I couldn't have it shipped. It's 14 feet long. Did I ever tell you about my barbecue? The 14-foot one? Yeah. Is it a Texas side burner? It is a Lazy Man, which is of high quality. It's all in Does it have a side burner? It has two. Two in the center. One on each side or two no, on the right, same so side? So it's on the left-hand side is a four-burner, large um, propane barbecue in the okay, you've already you've already lost me with propane I but can, continue i could do natural gas but i didn't feel like cooking it up it just cooks just, well, just i get 700 degrees out of this thing so you can't well that's nice it's yeah cool yeah but you can't put wood it's not a wood burner no no it's propane so it's not a barbecue really it's a grill it's a grill and the center is two burners two very hot burners and to the right is a three burner grill either side has places to put things drawers shelves and all that and it's all stainless. So you can cook up a storm with it. Oh, I do. Yep. I do. Um, the right one gets hotter. For some reason, the three burner gets up to the 700 degrees. I don't know why the other one is only like 500. Did you put a, put a pizza stone in it? I do. I do ah, that. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we have uh, earnings from Walmart. Same story as Home Depot. Management didn't downgrade any further this time. That was a big issue the last few times when... Companies were Walmart, Target, you know, oh, my God, the inventories, oh, my God, you know, uh, sales are down. Oh, my gosh, look at everything's just tailing off. Um, but earnings were slightly lower than a year ago. Revenue growth at 8.4. Same discussion. The prices are higher. Shoppers are shopping, but it looks like they're buying less higher-priced products in the store. And here's something interesting. This chart, you need to look at this chart. Eh, you may not be able to see it too well, but if I explain it to you, I think you'll understand this. It's in the chat room as well. And what you're seeing here is um, a overlay. The, the right thing is what you want to look at. The, the, excuse me, the, re, the red line. I'm not in the right. The red line is what you okay. want to look at. The red line is the earnings estimates and how they've tracked over the last several they don't months. They track very well, do they? No, but the earnings estimate on this came down so low, I think it was $1.63, I think it was, at the earnings estimate, from where it was, at, you know, much higher to where it is now. And then the big excitement was that Walmart beat that number. That's the game to play. Lower the hurdle and let me just climb over it and I'm a hero. Yeah, that's an old tech trick. Yeah. 
Well done. This, is a, this is shows you that these earning estimates are useless in, 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 with Walmart. Totally useless. That's but, what the chart says. Right, but they play the same game, right? And when when things are when they when the earnings analysts get nicked with the idea that they keep on pushing estimates up continually, and all of a sudden things turn, they go way hard the other way. The goal is between the company providing the data and the information to the analysts and the analysts who are usually on the sell side and what they want to do is sell stock. What they usually do is they make sure that there's a beat that is available. Mm. Housing market, National Association of Home Builders dropped, uh, the, the index dropped six points to 49 this month. It's eighth straight monthly decline. This is the, the sentiment of builders themselves. Now this index hasn't been negative since the beginning of COVID, but before that it was 2014 that it turned negative. And regionally on a three-month moving average, build the confidence in the Northeast fell nine points, dropped three points in the Midwest, South seven points. In the West, where home price, price is the highest, it declined 11 points to 51. So the biggest hurdle right now is the affordability. That's why they're dropping prices and they're trying to keep uh, people from canceling. Um, I don't want to talk about Peloton too much. No, let's move on. The ESG. Let's talk about ESG, shall we? Sure. So ESG, environmental, social, and governance, this big hot button that it beats the markets every time when you have companies that have a high score because they're environmentally conscious and they have a good boardroom and they have a diversity and inclusion and they have a a, a napping room and they have a bring your dog to the office. If you want to work home, it's fine. There, there's a lactation room in the back and everything's great, right? Yeah. These are the companies that do great in this world because everybody is happy working for them. Well, U.S. regulators are expanding their crackdown on misleading labels of investment products with a probe focused on whether managers of funds that are marketed as sustainable are trading away their right to vote on environmental, social, and governance issues. So for the past several months, the SEC is going in and um, looking at firms offering ESG funds with queries, including how to lend out their shares and whether they recall them before corporate elections. So the practice is let's asset managers earn fees that benefit investors, but it can also impact the ability to cast ballots. So again, it's all about this. This this all this is one part of the whole shenanigans that goes on. Greenwashing was a phrase that you've heard of. It was created because of this ESG. Yeah, of course. It's the way it goes. It's bull crap. That's the reason they yeah. have to do all this stuff. Companies are think that they will be rewarded by inclusion in certain indices if they can meet certain hurdles. The the old we're going to be carbon neutral. And all they do is buy carbon credits is a kind of greenwashing to a degree. I, I, I don't. I think it probably is because you're not really doing anything except, you know, giving somebody some money so you can take credit for something you didn't do. Right. And usually the people with the excess carbon credits are those companies that are carbon clean and doing something that just get them for free. So just by the nature of giving another company carbon credits does not alleviate the fact that you're still polluting. No, you're exactly. That's the joke. That's the old carbon credit joke. Right. And, and the, and the carbon trading. 
Oh, the tr- yeah, remember that thing they tried to put in place, and the Goldman Sachs was on that whole thing, and 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 the trading that goes on with that, it, it didn't take off like I thought it would, but there still is behind the scenes trading that goes on. I am uh, aware of certain apps with people that will scrape carbon credits that you can then resell. Again, it's it's all about money. It's not about really doing any good. But do we ever think there there, there was any? Uh, no. I don't think so. So we have panic in China. You know what's going on there with the COVID zero policy, of course. Uh, And we saw that we have a 19% unemployment for 16 to 24-year-olds, a record high in China. Growth in factory output slowed to 3.5% or 8% down. Uh, Growth in consumer spending fell 2.7%. And now we have things happening there that are getting really insane. For example, panic broke out when... An Ikea store in Shanghai. Do you, do you buy stuff at Ikea? Uh, yeah, of course. They, we have a big Ikea store here in Emeryville, just down the road. And I go there all the, I don't go there a lot. I haven't been there for a year. I've been there since COVID. But uh, I like Ikea stores. I think they're, you're very entertained when you go there. Are you a, a fan of their meatballs? I've had their meatballs. I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a fan. I don't go out of my way to get some, but the meatballs are okay. They taste very Swedish meatball-y. Yep, yep. They're the uh, Swedish, they're almost a creamy Swedish meatball. Some people think yeah. of a Swedish meatball as sweet and sour. This is more of a, a hearty, creamy style. You know, they have a little restaurant in there that serves these meatballs. And you can, I guess you can get them to go. So there was an Ikea in Shanghai. And... Health authorities tried to lock down the store on Saturday and quarantine people after learning someone who had been in contact with COVID-19, a person with COVID-19, had visited the IKEA store. <laughs> so news of this flash shutdown sent shoppers freaking out, screaming, and just running out the doors. I haven't heard this story, but it sounds like a it sounds like a laugh riot. Yeah. And they were getting out of the building before the doors were locked. So we had all this video that was out on social media, it seems. So I don't know. Oh, I'm going to have to go look for that. Yeah, look for the, the IKEA Shanghai lockdown that went <laughs> that went wrong. I don't blame people. But then again, listen, if they're doing all that contact tracing anyway, they're going to know you're in that IKEA store. They're going to find you. Well, if you got stuck in there, at least there's some nice beds to sleep on. Yeah, and plenty of meatballs to eat. And meatballs. There you go. Uh, COVID now has become the first country to prove a COVID vaccine that targets both the original and Omicron variant. Good news. Yeehaw. It's called the bivalent. So-called bivalent yeah, bivalent. Vaccine. They're supposed to be the big one they're going to bring out this uh, fall. Who's mm-hmm. who, who developed it? What, what phony baloney operation developed this? I think this is this? Moderna. Yeah. And, it's, of course, it's not going to be uh, approved. It's going to be, uh, like everything else to this day, Emergency use, why can't they get it approved? It's been going on too long. Seems to me they got plenty of test, testing that's been done. Yep. What, what's the what's the hang-up? I, I am unaware of any, except for, are any of the virus, are any of the vaccines approved at all? Yeah, the community in Germany is available, and there's a, another one that's, but they're in Europe, and they're only available in small areas, but they're not available here in this country, even though they're supposedly the same, I say if they're the same, then put the rubber stamp on there. Why don't you they're the same? They're not the same, obviously. Why? Why is it? Is it possibly something to do with the ability for governments to supplement the cost? 
Like, if it's emergency use only, governments will come in. That's a part of something. I mean, that's always a possibility. But it still seems to me that it's maybe it's because it's not that good or dangerous or maybe they don't want to be sued. And you can't, I guess, emergency use uh, keeps you from uh, some legal predicament you might get into. I don't know. Mm. It's never been explained. Yeah. Retail earnings, Home Depot, we talked about uh, tomorrow in the next couple of days. We got TGX, Target, Walmart. Walmart was today. Lowe's uh, was also, I think, no, Lowe's is tomorrow. And Ross stores. Okay, so here's a, an interesting um, poll, not a poll, a study. It's 2020, but I thought it was interesting. Where are people moving? And this, this group did a study, which I thought was really interesting because they said they looked at Income from tax returns, which I don't know how that's available, but let's go with it for a second. Income for tax returns, Americans earning more than $200,000 per year are moving to these states in this in this study. Number one state, Florida. Over 20,000 people in 2020. Texas, 5,000. Arizona, the North Carolina, South Carolina, Texas. You know, California's not on the list, as you would expect it's not on the list. Tennessee, Colorado, Nevada, Idaho, and Utah. Utah. Rounds it out. We're getting a lot of people down here in Florida. It's getting a little crowded. Yeah, it sounds like it. Everyone's going there because they avoid taxes and uh, and all the... All the uh, We're not uh, avoiding taxes, just not paying state taxes. Yeah, you're, you're not paying state taxes, which is a big deal if yeah. you make a lot of money. Sure. And, uh, and there's a lot of uh, strippers. In what, Florida, what, probably the number one state for strippers. Is, is that what That's we're known for, reason. strippers? Another, another good reason to move there. Florida man, strippers, and alligators. Come on down. Jamie Diamond is walking it back. He's still unhappy. He said that uh, in a recent client call, he said, you know, uh, the economy was strong, but storm clouds were on the horizon, including federal monetary policies, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and rising oil prices. But... That is a downgrade of his concern from when he said there's a hurricane on the horizon. He was talking about that. So he says that there's a yeah, probability of a hard that. landing or mild recession. Where's the hurricane? Never showed up. Never showed up. It's, it, veered, it veered away. Veered north. Uh, he said the estimated chance of a soft landing to be about 10%, which means non-recession. Probability that of a means harder he doesn't know what he's talking about. Is what I mean. Harder landing, a mild recession is close to 2030. 2030 for a hard recession and 20 to 30 chance of something worse. Yeah, hurricane. Yeah, there you go. Uh, we have a new plane out there. It's uh, from a company called Boom. Concorde retired in 2003, cruised at 2.4, Mach 2.04. Uh, this new plane overture will run at 100% sustainable aviation fuel. And it flies at Mach 1.7 over the ocean, shuttling between 68 to 80 passengers up to about 5,000 miles. New York City to London, three hours. L.A. to Sydney, eight hours. Seattle to Tokyo, 4.5 hours. That's pretty good. Uh, United Airlines says it's going to buy 15 of these things once it uh, passes all its, you know. Yeah, it's a ways off, it yeah. seems to me. So we got it again. Still. What's the name of airplane company? Boom. Boom. Like breaking the sonic barrier. Like boom. It, well, that, oh, I thought it was like, boom, it exploded in midair. That's probably also could be assumed. That would be, yeah. 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 Not good. Uh, what else? We got a couple other things here. Big question. We got And that. by the way, that boom, uh, the boom technology is on that jet is supposed to make it so they're 
are soft sonic booms, so they can fly over the United States, supposedly. And you get a soft boom. Soft boom. So maybe that should be the name of the company, soft boom. You know, soft boom would be a better, yeah. We're announcing the winner of the close to the pin for Airbnb. And we had a lot of people involved in this. Average price that people guessed was 109.70 on the close, which was on the 5th. That doesn't seem right. Final price date, 5th. Why we, did we talk about this last week? No. No. It's the 16th. Doesn't seem right. Just a second. Let me look at my dates here. The 5th. Why didn't we talk about this last week? I don't. I just. I don't remember talking about it. What's the guy's name? Maybe I can remember. If I Mike, the name. Mike D1. He came in. Uh, I, we didn't talk about it. Just cut this week. No, I don't um, remember. That can't be the right date. Final final entry. Date close for 729.85. I don't know. Maybe that was the date. Anyway, uh, Mike D1 with $116 guess. He was about 43, 50 cents away. Mike K, two different mics. Mike K came in second place. So, Michael D, you're getting a shirt. We're sending it off to you. And uh, you will be in the running for the Close to the Pin Cup at the end of the year. Right now, we're going to head off and check out. This is a game that we play. It's not a solicitation to buy or sell any security. It's not a recommendation of any kind. Nothing on the show should be considered investment advice or a recommendation. If you choose to invest in any of the stocks mentioned, you should know that it may carry risk along with the risk of a loss of principal. You should also seek out professional financial advice for your particular situation. We assume no risk as these are not to be considered recommendations. Horowitz, a company, myself, or John C. Dvorak may invest in any of the securities mentioned, and we'll disclose that on the website under the weekly stock picks section. You can go to dhunplugged.com and see all the names we discussed in the segment, along with the performance information from the date discussed, as well as any additional important disclosures. A lot of good-looking things on this uh, on this. Well, truck. you're saying that because you have the best-looking thing recently. Yeah, it's delicious. Almost gets past my 93% gain on that old stock I've been holding on forever, and that is your 8-3-2022 pick of AMTD Digital ADRs, shorting them at $1,900 and now showing up at $181 uh, without stops. You kicked it off because the two weeks are over. But uh, that's pretty good. I, I applaud you for that Thank one you. out of the blue. I did. You remember I did say one thing. It, uh, it's going to be back down under 200 I said, in a matter of time. This should yeah, be, this should be a $10 you, stock, maybe. Maybe. It, it should. Yeah. Well, then I did, we took an opposite approach with an, an ADR from AMTD Idea Group. And just I basically lost my ass on it. Uh, going long, thinking there might be a... Uh, a pickup like they did with Bed Bath and Beyond, but they didn't. So it went from eight fifty four to two dollars and eighty three cents. So that's gone. Uh, so this got kicked off as well. They should have been. And then uh, I noticed that I got kicked off on a momentum play through a whoop de doo with Karuna Therapeutics, which was up sixty six percent. Beautiful. And it was a nice pick, and then it got b- bounced. It was a momentum play, and uh, I see. It's also another. Uh, I have something today very similar to uh, Varica Pharmaceuticals, which is up 50%, and that's just a bottom feeder, a, a penny stock, $2.60 at three ninety. dollars um, We got to talk about your Warby Parker up 27% that was just kicked also. Yeah, I was kicked. I had up 27%. I, that was a good pick. I uh, got kicked because of the 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 way we do this. Yep. It's just, it's what do you got for today? Uh, I'm going with uh, – 
And I have it listed here somewhere. Um, I think I just want to get the exact right name. I don't know what I did with the envelope. Uh, Big Commerce. Oh, Bcom? Is that Bcom? No, it's B-I-C, B-I-G-C. Oh, yeah. That could be, you're going long with that, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that could be, That that's historically had some running capabilities. Well, that is sitting there. Uh, it's a bottom feeding idea. Uh, it's a $20 stock that has been as high as, I think, 140 It generally floats around. It, it just, I think the base for this stock is about 80 Um so I, I think it's an easy stock to double or it could continue. It's on a downward trend, although it's got a little blip at the end there, if you look at the chart. So it could continue down to 10 bucks, but whatever it goes down to, it's a, it's a looks like a winner to me. It is an uh, software as a service e-commerce company that is similar to NetSuite, mm. which I've always uh, liked as a company. Uh, and I don't know if their software is better or worse than NetSuite's. I, I never could figure out how to use NetSuite stuff that it wasn't that easy to use. And they got bought back. It was came, it was a spinoff of uh, of uh, Oracle, and it came got sucked back into the company. Uh, so it's gone. It's not in the market anymore as a as a standalone stock. But this is a, you know it's a possibility. This little guy. This. GC and I am going to not pick anything this week because I'm going to continue to relish on my 90% short. <laughs> well, you might as well, but it's, it's gone. It's going to be missing. Next I'll, week. I'll get another one. I was thinking about shorting bed, bath and beyond. It's not ripe yet. Yeah, I think you're right. Needs I think a couple right. more it's days not... to do some weird stuff. Oh, it could skyrocket. You know, yeah. know how far it's. Of course. I mean, you saw what happened with the GameStop. Yeah, because, because, this is another company that's going to be a powerhouse one day. <laughs> what, bed? bed. Yeah. yeah. They've already yeah. made terrible management missteps, by the way. You know, they, they put in a new board, they brought a new CEO or COO or whatever. And they, they're, they're hopeless. Terrible, terrible, ter- terrible decisions recently on their own private label and cutting brands. Then they built up a lot of things that people didn't want to buy. It's just a bad, poorly run company. But well, you know, I would say that something's happened at Target, which gives me the indication of the same kind of thing. Yeah. I'm going to have to find out what it is because I keep bitching about Target, but I don't have any evidence that there's anything's really changed. But it has something had to have changed. Yeah. Go shopping, my my son. Go shopping. All right, I will see you again when next week. Yep. All see right. you on Tuesday. All right, bye. All right, bye. You've been listening in on a conversation with John C. Dvorak and Andrew Horowitz. Hope to be with you again soon. Bye-bye. Now, I'm not broke but badly bent. I'm not down to my last cent because I got a dollar, but it's my last dollar bill. <laughs> yes, sir. In my pockets, there's a dent. All my dough is nearly spent, but I got a dollar, and it's my last dollar bill. Oh, I'd love just one more buck fortune left me by chance. Now, here's a hint. I feel like a man. You can hardly tell by a glance. I don't care. No millionaire can give me the ice stare. Because I got a dollar. My last dollar bill. Horowitz & Company, Inc. is registered as an investment advisor with the state of Florida and conducts business in other states where it is properly registered or is excluded from registration requirements. Registration does not imply any level of skill or training.